Greetings, my dear podcast friends. I hope you started 2024 with some good and godly commitments. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, and it's an honor for me to have you joining me for this podcast of Wisdom from Above. Our podcasts are designed to help us move beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. God's revelation is revealed to us in the Bible. We're in season 10, and season 10 is a series of episodes with special emphasis on practical Christianity, a series of how-tos and life-changing truths. Today's podcast reveals how to avoid Satan's lures. The Apostle Paul wrote this tender appeal to believers in Corinth. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, lest just as Satan deceived Eve, so your mind should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. You see, Satan has a tremendous power and influence. He is highly intelligent, truly evil, and amazingly deceptive. He's prowling about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's not omnipresent. In other words, Satan is limited to being in one place at a time. However, Satan has a host of demons who are ready to carry out his will. Those demons can oppress people, influence thoughts, and control actions. Satan has a treacherous strategy for your defeat. His method is deceit, and his target is the mind. Our minds can be led astray. We can be deceived. We can be misled. We can be swayed. We can be lured away from following Christ. All of us have within us the capacity to act sinfully and selfishly. Every one of us can be drawn away by our own lusts and by Satan's lures. Today, we're going to look at three of the common lures Satan uses to lead us away from commitment to following Christ. The first lure, everybody's doing it. Come on, get with it. You're so out of it, you're pathetic. Don't be such a nerd. Get on board. Follow the media, the models, and the movie stars. Everybody else is doing it. The deduction here is that the majority cannot be wrong. If everybody's doing it, you should do it too. Let me share some illustrations. The Babylonians are all bowing to Nebuchadnezzar's idol. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remain standing. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah are all accepting homosexuality. But Lot and his daughters refuse this perversion. Are you trying to fit in? Do you think you have to fit in? With whom do you have to fit in? Are you, are you trying to fit in with yourself? I mean, can you really live at peace with yourself if you compromise? Are you like some kind of Christian chameleon? Do you have the backbone of a wet noodle? I'd say dare to be a Daniel. And Daniel 1.8, we read Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. He was willing to stand alone. There was a sign in a storefront window over a garment that read, 
slightly soiled, greatly reduced. Could that sign hang over your life? Obviously, you don't do it to fit in with yourself, fit in with others. You know, there's a big difference between being popular and being a pushover. Big difference between being liked and being used. A big difference between being nice and being naive. A big difference between being accepted and being respected. You see, respect comes from having the courage of your convictions. William Penn once said, Wrong is wrong, even if everyone else is for it. And right is right, even if everyone else is against it. So you shouldn't do it to fit in with others. Well, maybe you're doing it to fit in with God. Well, obviously not. Because God challenges us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind through reading and heeding the Word of God. You see, God honors those who honor Him. So, what's the reputation to this first lure that everyone's doing it? Well, first, it is not true. Proverbs one ten says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. There are many more people than you know who are willing to stand alone and do what is right. Elijah thought he was the only one, but there were 7,000 others. Second, when someone says everybody's doing it, that's not significant. Not only is it not true, it's not significant. As Romans 8.31 says, What then should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who of any consequence can be against us? Thirdly, if they're saying everybody's doing it, that doesn't make it right. Proverbs 16.25 says there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. And broad is the path that leads to destruction, and many find it. But narrow is the way to life, and there are few that find it. So that's our response to everybody's doing it. It's not true, it's not significant, and it's not right. Lure number two. Go ahead and do it. Nobody will ever know. Go ahead. Steal something. Cheat. Lie. Look at pornography. Use illegal drugs. Have sex outside of marriage. Whatever. Nobody will ever know. The deduction here is you, you can get away with it. Just go ahead and do it. Nobody will know. You can get away with it. Let me share some illustrations from the scripture. David and Bathsheba secretly went to bed together. They thought no one would know. But they didn't get away with it. Achan secretly took forbidden silver and gold, hid it under his tent. He thought no one would know. But he didn't get away with it. I'll never forget hearing about some boys who had stolen a car, thinking nobody would ever know. Thought they could get away with it. Well, the next thing they knew... There were red and blue flashing lights of a police car coming up behind them. The boy driving the stolen car flipped himself over into the back seat, not wanting to get blamed for driving a stolen vehicle. And the, un, the driverless car veered off the road and smashed into a tree. They did not get away with it. When I was in junior high, we were eating lunch in our kitchen table on the farm, and my dad told me to stop pole vaulting over barbed wire because I could get hurt. Secretly, I went out right after lunch and threw the pole uh, into the ground 
went up, went over the barbed wire. I knew I could make it. I knew I could get away with it. But as I threw the pole back in imitation of trying not to knock off the bar, my arm got cut deeply by the barbed wire. I did not get away with it. So what's our refutation to this idea of this lure of go ahead and do it? Nobody will ever know. Well, first, God will know. According to Proverbs 15.3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Second, you will know. Psalm 32, 3 to 5, we read David saying, When I kept silent about my sin, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not forgotten, not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sins. So God will know, you'll know. Thirdly, your sin will find you out. Numbers thirty-two twenty-three. But if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. So that's our response to Go ahead and do it. Nobody will ever know. God will know. You'll know. And your sin will find you out. Lure number three. Do it just a little. You can quit any time. The deduction here is, well, I can take it or leave it. It's not mastering me. I can do it just a little and I can quit any time. Well, let me share some illustration from the Bible. You have Samson and Delilah. Sam, Delilah saying to him, Sammy, Sammy, if you love me, you'll tell me the secret of your strength. He tells her a little, thinking he can quit any time. Then he tells her a little more, thinking he can quit any time. Then he tells her all, and it's too late. The water's gone over the falls. He's overcome, his eyes are gouged out, and he's forced to work in a mule, like a mule, at a, at a, a granary. Grinding mill. A boy in my brother's high school class, it was prom night, he was drinking, he thought he could quit, quit any time, but he didn't. He drank too much. And then he was driving, then he missed a curve, drove over embankment, hit a culvert, and died at age 18. A man in Florida had, was mastered by food. He said, food to me is like alcohol to an alcoholic. He couldn't quit. He weighed 760 pounds. He died at age 35. A high school girl in Los Angeles was given some drugs by a lifeguard. She thought she could try just a little. But then she tried a little more and a little more. Next thing you know, her folks see her coming down the stairs, screaming, trying to eat a canary alive, and she was dead on arrival to the hospital. What's the reputation to this, do it just a little, you can quit any time? Well, first, you better run. Don't hang around temptation. Second Timothy 2.22 says, Flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Flee those lusts. Second, you'll get in too deep. Don't be bound by sin. Proverbs 5.22 says, His own iniquities entrap the wicked he is caught in the cords of his own sin. Sin binds, sin blinds, sin grinds. It, uh, it, it can master you. Thirdly, 
you need to know the LSD pattern. James 1.15 tells us about it. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's LSD. Lust leads to sin, leads to death. You see, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. I want to wrap up this episode with three practical applications. Number one, when Satan says everybody's doing it, the Bible says don't do it. Proverbs 1.10 My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Or you could read it, My son, if sinners entice you, just say no. Romans 8.31 If God is for us, who can be against us? Be committed to standing alone. Even if everybody's doing it, be committed to standing alone. Number two, if Satan says nobody will ever know, the Bible says God knows. The eyes of the Lord sees the evil and the good. And in Second Chronicles 6, 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. The whole earth seeking those whose hearts are right towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Be committed to serving God. Satan says nobody will never know. God will know. You'll know. Serve him. Serve God. Not self. Not sin. Not Satan. Third, Satan says you can quit any time. Well, the Bible says sin binds us and traps us. We become caught in the cords of our own sin. We need to be committed to spirit control. Instead of being controlled and mastered by our lusts and desires and sins, we should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. Oh, Lord God, we need your help. We know that we're prone to wander. We know that we cannot resist Satan's lures in our own strength. Father, we ask your forgiveness for the times we've failed to follow you, the times we've gone our own way, the times we've fallen for Satan's lures. Please give us the grace to stand alone. Please give us the heart to serve you. Please give us the wisdom to walk in the Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being a part of my podcast family. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please give them a five-star review. Hit that follow button so you'll be notified of each new weekly podcast of Wisdom from Above. I'd love it if you took the time to write a brief positive review. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at harlanbetts at gmail.com or you can leave a message on my Facebook page, Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. This is Dr. Harlan Betts wishing you a great week and God's blessings. I'm honored that you've chosen to join me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above. <music>